0: Saturday night, and I'm walking to Target. I'm going to try to get there before it closes. Cutting it close. Uh, I was thinking about Body Mod. I've gone on about Body Mod over here. It's been a couple years, though. I don't think there's been a good Body Mod episode, but I kind of see all Body Mod the same way. Where uh, my basic philosophy, and obviously it's not 100%, but my basic philosophy is... Like, I don't really want to do anything to my body that I wasn't born with, beyond like working out and like just doing, you know, obviously I'm not just going to sit there, but uh, in terms of like augmentation, like things that I can't do myself just through my lifestyle, I just don't believe in doing it. You know, obviously someone could say, oh, what about glasses? You know, like I, I mentioned Timothy Leary's funny quote. Or if you wear glasses, you're a cyborg. If you use a cane, you're a, a cyborg. It's technology. You're using technology. You know, obviously, so it's not. It's not like I have a hundred percent view on this. But things like tattoos, plastic surgery, uh, piercings to some degree. I mean, for myself, I've never considered getting a piercing. But I. I mean, these other things I, I put them all in the same category where it's like they're they're unnecessary they're very vain and that isn't you know here's the thing when I say something's vain I don't say it negatively I think vanity's okay like I have my own vanities the Bible says you know all is vanity vanity of vanities you can't escape vanity you know to be living is to be vain in most cases And so there's nothing wrong with vanity. So when I say something's vain, I don't mean that negatively. I'm just saying it's an expression of vanity. Tattoos are an expression of vanity. You know, you're trying to assert your individuality. You get tattoos so that people notice the tattoos. And even if you have your own personal reason, you know, where you look in the mirror and you see that tattoo and you say, okay, you know, that represents something to me or I just think it's cool. I don't think, you know, and I I think tattoos are cool too. You know, I have to say that. Even though I don't have any and I never want one, I used to, but as an adult, I've never wanted one. I still think they look really cool on some people. Like I like tattoos on women, you know, and and some tattoos look cool. It's like not all tattoos are created equal and not everybody can pull them off. Cause that's the sad thing you see sometimes. You'll see somebody who has a tattoo and it just doesn't belong on them. Like I saw someone at the store, the grocery store, had like this big—I don't even know what it was. Uh, I don't even know what the tattoo was. It was almost tribal. I don't think they were trying to make it look tribal, but you know, there's only so many ideas. So they, they had this big thing on their calf, and it was—it was one of those people where like I couldn't tell if it was like a boy. Or a lesbian which happens and uh like, like i mean like a teenage boy or something but they had like this big calf tattoo on display and i was like that just it doesn't look right like that looks like it that looks like you you might as well have stuck a big fake tattoo on not not even the quality i just mean like it just doesn't look like it belongs on them it's, it's what i've talked about you know when somebody wears a leather jacket who's never worn a leather jacket before. How like, some people are born to wear leather jackets, but there's some people who are like, oh, I know what I'm gonna do. I know what's gonna make me that person I wanna be. I'm gonna buy a leather jacket. And you see it, and as Miles said when I told him about, when I was talking to him about this, it looks like the leather jacket's wearing them. Same thing for tattoos. Like, sometimes you see a tattoo and you're like, it looks like the tattoo, it, you know, is, is wearing them. And uh, so, not all tattoos are created equal. Not every tattoo belongs on somebody, but I think they can look really cool. I would never denigrate tattoos. There's a reason why human beings across time and place get them. But my basic attitude on body mod is like I don't, unless it's like medically necessary. You know, in most cases, like I had a mole removed about a decade ago. It was a, it was, it had been a normal mole on my neck when I was a kid. And then the older I got, the more it just got, like, bulbous. Not even cancerous, just, like, bulbous and disgusting. I didn't even realize how disgusting it was. So I got that removed, because it, it was also really... It had gotten really long, which is disgusting. Like, it stuck out. So it was really just a matter of time before the thing uh, caught on something, whatever. I have my reasons for, for... And we all have our reasons for our own body mod. But, like, health and things, because, I mean, you could say... You know if somebody heard that I I personally don't believe in body mod for myself at least you know they could be like well what about this what about surgery what about you know someone can always come up with things that are exceptions to that rule it's just a general rule and I feel the same way about this you know sexual reassignment surgery and gender bending that's going on I see it in very similar terms where It's like when some, and and you obviously that involves plastic surgery and stuff, but I see it very similarly to the way I, at least the trend, you know, the, the trend of it, the sudden explosion in it. I see that in similar terms to, you know, the, the prevalence of like celebrity plastic surgery, where it's a weird thing. Like when somebody gets their face all butchered like that. You know, my entire life, I've always, it's always been like, what do they see? What do they see when there's not even a nose left on their face? It's such an unsettling look. It gives you an uncanny valley feeling, because when you see, like, a woman, like, a celebrity, an older celebrity woman who's just had her face done over so many times, you say, like, does she know she looks like that and she likes it? Or does she just truly not see it for what it is? Because it's like, you can see the contours of beauty. Like, you can see, like, why what they're trying to do is, like, something beautiful, but it's not. But you can understand, like, what the intention is of, like, you know, high cheekbones, you know, like a, a, a more defined chin, a smaller nose, like, you know what the natural version of that is, and what and those are components of beauty in, in many cases. But, like, when you see a simulation of it, because that's, that's what plastic surgery does. It, it creates, like, a simulation of beauty. But like any simulation, like video game graphics, you look at it and you're like, yeah, that's a representation of beauty, but it's not the actual thing. And because you're... Because it's not a video game character And it's a a human being Who thinks that that was That was going to make their life better It's like you you can't You can't insult them But the thing about You know face surgery Whatever you call it Is like everybody knows And when And like you never want to You would never want to like Sit down with that person And be like What'd you do to your face? Oh, my God, this is fucking... What the fuck's wrong with you? You, you never sit down and want to hurt that person's feelings. Because you can already imagine, like, what that person's internal monologue is like. And their own vision of the world to end up that way. So the last thing you would want to do is hurt that person. That's how I feel. But, like, when, when we're just sitting around normal people, and we see those women, these older actresses, and and many other people, men as well, you go, when when you're not around them, you go like, what the fuck, that's fucking crazy, and nobody has a problem with that, because they know, like, hey, yeah, that was something that person felt inside, you know, they where they wanted to get, uh they wanted to be beautiful or something, or they had some sort of insecurity that was uh, lowering their quality of life, and, uh, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to uh, hurt that, you don't, you, know, you don't want to damage that person further, but behind closed doors, you have nobody, you know, if you, if you say, like, oh, look at her face behind closed doors, nobody calls you a bad person because we all know, we all know why that's fucking weird to look at. Same thing if, like, you think someone has a bad tattoo. You know, if someone has a bad tattoo, like, you don't have any problem being like, man, that's a fucking ugly or stupid tattoo. Apparently that person felt strongly enough about it that they wanted it on their body forever. But you can still look at it and nobody's, even people with other tattoos, they can be the most judgmental of tattoos. Like, someone who thinks that they know what a good tattoo is and have a bunch of them, they'll look at someone with bad tattoos and, you know, ridicule them. But it's, again, a thing you don't say to them. Like, if somebody, like, I had a friend years ago who got, I'm not going to say what it was, I mean, this has happened a couple times, but I had a friend that I used to, like, hang out with and drink, got a, he, he got a tattoo that I was just like, man. But you know what? I said, cool. I didn't, I didn't overplay. I go, dude, that's the coolest fucking tattoo I've ever seen, bro. Dude, that's a fucking cool tattoo, man. I didn't say that to him. I just said, oh, nice. Because he was happy about it. Why would I want to bring it down? I couldn't imagine ever getting that tattoo. But he felt strongly enough about it. Kind of how I feel about this, uh, you know, the sexual reassignment stuff in many cases. Especially the, the sudden uh, increase in it. It's kind of like, you know, the sudden increase in tattoos or just the amount of plastic surgery that goes on for vain reasons these days, you know, not medical necessity. There's just been an increase in people wanting to modify themselves. And even though people with tattoos say, like, deep down, this really means something to me, deep down, this is an expression of my identity, you know, it's not that different from the gender stuff in that way. To me, like, what you know, wanting a tattoo and thinking that that comes from some deep, deep place inside of you that is the true you, and if you don't get that tattoo, you know, you're somehow deprived of experiencing the world the way you want to, that sounds a lot like, you know, oh, deep down, I think I'm something else, and I want to change my external appearance to reflect that, and plastic surgery, like, just Facelifts, that's, that's the word I was looking for earlier, facelifts. And you know, facelifts show that too. Where it's like this, the true me is more beautiful than the me that I am. Who knew I was getting poetic here on a Saturday night walk, but, uh, you know, the true me is more beautiful than the me that I really am. Therefore, I'm gonna pay a lot of money and get my face modified all until it doesn't even resemble a human face anymore. But you know what makes the gender stuff different and why people are so preoccupied with it is instead of like a, a, a cultural environment where it's okay like I don't know what to think about that I intu- like my my I intuitively question it especially when it is happening in the frequency that it is, all of a sudden. I don't want to hurt that person's feelings. I don't want to, if somebody comes into a room and they're, you know, they, they, they've had some sort of gender reassignment surgery, I, the last thing I truly want to do is approach that human being and upset them further. But, you know, behind closed doors, you can kind of be like, well, that's weird. Or, you know, yeah, that seems to be kind of in league with tattoos and uh, facelifts to me. But yet the framework is entirely different, you know, and that's what makes that such a hot topic, because I can easily see some phantom out there arguing with me, and they're like, oh, when you talk about a gender... What, how come you don't talk about tattoos and facelifts? And it, it'd be a good example of me being like, I've been talking about those so much. And I take a very similar attitude where there's no malice. But that's the thing, is, is that we're very sensitive to other people's beliefs. Where even simply saying, like, oh, I personally don't believe in tattoos or facelifts, someone who has a tattoo or a facelift hears that and says, Oh, you don't believe in me. When that's not a part of the equation. I might have my own little internal thoughts about, like, why somebody gets a facelift or a tattoo, or changes their gender, whatever it is. But, like, I personally don't believe in that as part of my reality. And, uh... That's a very different thought, though. Than I don't believe you should be able to do that, or I I dislike you for doing that. But when someone hears like I don't believe in that, you know, I remember running into that with like music growing up, where you'd talk about bands with friends, and if if you if you said you didn't like a band that your friend liked, which is basically saying like I don't believe in that band. I don't believe in that band. That could easily be perceived as like you have bad taste and you shouldn't listen to that. And maybe as a teenager I did say shit like that. I mean, I know I did. People said it to me. Teenagers say that stuff a lot. But that said, like, still, like, if you say you don't like something, it's like, it's not an indictment of the person. But if you notice when that happens, and I try not to let it happen, I try try not to say I don't like something unless somebody explicitly asks me. This show being an exception but you know person to person I just I try not to do that it's just it's unnecessary but if it does come up it's weird because you can see that it like that dissonance between you you know so many human beings it's like we we thrive on you know agreeability being able to say oh me too even if it's over something negative like oh I don't like this "Oh, me too but somebody simply being like oh yeah you know I'm not into that seems like it's an indictment of the whole thing that you think it shouldn't exist or that just something i'm gonna hit pause because i gotta go and target i made it all right made it in and out with 20 minutes to spare before closing got myself packing tape and a can of chili just the perfect combo just what i needed (laughs) just what i just what i needed to rush for on a saturday night but anyway i wanted to talk about tattoos again for a second and uh You know, this is just, you know, obvious to anybody that's my age or, you know, roughly my age, mid-30s or older, but, you know, when I was in high school, nobody wanted tattoos. Nobody cared. I graduated high school in 2004, and the number of people who had even considered getting a tattoo was so, so small. The only people I knew that actually got them were uh, some older friends of mine who were seniors when I was a sophomore. And they, they were in, like, hardcore bands and into metal and into, like, one dude. You know, indie rock guys, too. Like, those kinds of guys. And they had gotten tattoos while they were still in high school when they turned 18. And, of course, they, I mean, I thought they were badasses. I thought they looked fucking cool. Like, being in high school with a tattoo, I legitimately thought they looked really cool. And... Uh, I really wanted one too, not because because of them, but just because I was like them, you know, I, I was into the same things, like the kind of things I, were, I was into, everyone had tattoos, all the bands I liked, and I, you know, I begged my mom, I was like, please sign off, like I was 16, and I was like, please sign off, like I'll draw it myself, I think I, you know, hopefully I wasn't planning on getting like a band tattoo, which is always so wild, that was crazy to me when somebody gets like a band logo all the guys who have the black flag bars which is funny because that was like that was something that the, that the black flag crew all had and then it's funny that like thousands of young men across the the world even up to present day are like oh i know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna get the black flag bars because it represent because of what it represents that's you know, kind of the attitude i can't make fun of it but yeah Hopefully I wasn't just going to get the black flag bars or something, but now I remember thinking I was going to draw something myself and thank goodness I didn't. Like, even though it would have been unique, I wouldn't have wanted something that I drew at age 16 on my body the rest of my life. And so my mom refused and you know, as liberal as she was, she, up until she died, she was suspicious of tattoos. Like if I had a girlfriend with tattoos and she met her, she didn't judge her, but I I know that she didn't like it. Like I had a girlfriend we took to this family get together out of town and there was a swimming pool and we all swam. And my girlfriend had a bunch of tattoos, like on her arms, on her back. She had a bunch of them. And I I think I was like 21, 22, she was like 19. And my family I think was kind of shocked. You know these were like cousins and, and people like that and nobody in my family had tattoos not even because we're that straight laced necessarily even like the the rebels and fuck-ups in my family don't get tattoos like my dad has a few cousins who are just like you know fishermen drunks the kind of guys who just like live in a small island tavern and just like those guys don't even have tattoos that I know of maybe they do but this wasn't something, but the point being like if, if somebody in my family did have tattoos, it would be those, guys, those uncle or the, those cousins who are getting arrested all the time at 70 years old for a bar fight. It would be the black sheep of the family. And I remember like a couple years like a year later or something after this family get-together, I think my mom had mentioned like, oh, we'll have to all get together again and Eric can bring his girlfriend." And, and you know a family member was like, "Is that the girl with the tattoos?" So I was like, oh, yeah, like, I guess you would notice the tattoos, but it seemed like it was, like, again, non-judgmental, but just kind of like, wow, Eric's dating a girl with tattoos. I thought they looked great on her. You know? Uh, But, uh, yeah, it's just, that's that's what I'm getting at. Like, it's just, like, I didn't come from a family where anybody ever considered getting a tattoo. It's never even discussed. Nobody in the family had a tattoo. And in high school nobody wanted them. Like I said, like these kind of alternative kids. I'm using that very loosely, like people who were into music. Mainly just people who were into music. Maybe once in a while a jock would get something. And the other example like like one of the one of the few people I knew to actually get one when we turned 18 was my friend who's now a woman. He he's now a woman. I've mentioned that before, I found out through the grapevine, and it was confirmed for me. But he was, when he turned, because he was like the first kid in class to turn 18, but the thing is, he was super straight-laced, like he didn't get into any trouble, maybe smoked weed a couple times at most, played sports, got good grades, was not a troublemaker at all, wasn't a rebel at all. And. I've told this story on here because it's so funny, I've told this a couple times, because he's the one who came into class one day, and we'd been friends since kindergarten, didn't really hang out with each other anymore, but, like, if we had a class together, we were going to sit together and laugh and make fun of everything. He was the best audience member, like a couple other friends and I remember talking about this, like, he's the best audience member because, like, he's funny in his own right, he'll, he'll come up with a, he's really good, like, if you come up with an inside joke, like, he'll really riff on that, but he's also, like, this really good audience member where, like, he, he would really get, like, the stupid joke you were trying to make about the teacher or whatever, but he comes into class, like, dead serious one day, and he goes, hey, like, I'm, I turn 18, like, at the end of this week, will you draw me a tattoo, And I said, uh, like I was a little scared and like like I'm gonna draw something that's gonna go on this kid's body the rest of his life. And he was like, what do you want? Or I was like, what do you want? And he's like, I want a Grim Reaper pointing, like a point of view drawing where like the fingers up close kind of thing. And he's like, I want a Grim Reaper pointing. And I was like, you know what? You got yourself a deal, dude. Like, (laughs) I would love to draw you a fucking prison tattoo. You straight-laced soccer player who gets straight A's. I would love to draw you a prison tattoo of a Grim Reaper that's going to be on your body the rest of your life. And I I started thinking about it. You know, I figured it wasn't urgent. Like, he didn't need it in the next, like, four days. And, you know, the weekend comes, and... I come into school the next Monday and he comes in, what the fuck are you doing? Love it when people, uh, love it when you're in the middle of a crosswalk and someone thinks it's okay to turn right in front of you. Some teenage girl, probably has a tattoo, but, uh, anyway, uh, this kid, like, he comes in on Monday and he's like, oh, I got a tattoo. And my feelings would have been hurt if he got somebody else to draw a Grim Reaper, but he didn't. He pulls up his sleeve, and he, like, peels off the, the bandage, I guess. And he has the Sublime Sun up on his deltoid, like, big. Takes up, takes up a bunch of his deltoid. A bunch of his deltoid. And I'm just like, oh, fuck. You know? I, I mean, I was just like, oh, fuck. Like, that. that's impulsivity right there. Like, in a matter of, like, three days, you go from wanting a Grim Reaper pointing, something that doesn't fit this kid's personality or interests or anything at all. This kid's very mainstream. You go from wanting a Grim Reaper pointing, like a POV drawing, which I don't even know if I would have been able to pull off. I don't even know if I could do that now. I could make it cool and artsy or something, but, like, I don't even know if I could draw, like, a really crisp, good grim reaper tattoo like something that would be be translatable to a tattoo of like a bony finger pointing that would have been the joy of it like the fact that it would be fucked up but i mean it's a good thing he didn't get me to do that at that time but anyway like he shows me the sublime sun and i'm like you go from wanting a grim reaper pointing to the sublime sun cuz sublime it was the most popular band in my entire school, like, by, by the time I was in high school, like, everybody had discovered Sublime, and that was all they listened to, and so, like, him getting the Sublime Son, it was just, like, this kid was always desperate for approval from his peers, and I, I love the kid, I haven't talked to him in many years, I love the kid, I have nothing bad to say about him, but he, uh, he was always looking for the approval of his peers like he was always the last person to get the trendy haircut He was always the last person to jump on whatever wagon there was and like he was obviously looking for the approval of his peers maybe he'd tell you now like she'd tell you now that uh the sublime sun has this deep meaning that's carried well into adulthood i saw somebody flip-flop on like tattoo ideas in a matter of days and get something that they thought their peers would like like all your friends who listen to sublime are going to look at your tattoo and be like oh dude he really likes them that's so cool dude that you you really like the band we all like who knows maybe maybe it's removed by now crazy tattoo to get um and then now now as a woman you know but you know, for me, like, I was 16 and I asked my mom, I was like, please, 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 will you let, give me, will you sign off? And she just said no, cause she didn't, you know, she was all, like I said, she was always kind of a little bit suspicious of tattoos. And, you know, I didn't have a tantrum. Like, I think I tried to plead with her once, and then I was like, yeah, this isn't gonna happen. By the time I turned 18, I was like, I don't even want a tattoo. I don't want one which I think is big, because, I mean, we're talking about, like, a year and a half there. We're talking, like, less than two years. In less than two years, I went from, like, begging my mom that I wanted a tattoo because it, it was such a profound expression of my identity to, like, turning 18 and being like, oh, now that I can, I don't want one. But the thing is, very few people got them when we turned 18. It, it, it was not common at all for young people to be like, oh yeah, I've always wanted this tattoo and now I'm gonna get it. You know, obviously they were associated with tough people. Like the idea of getting a tattoo made you a baddest, made you a badass. But nobody really had the desire to do that at that point. And then it, it seemed to pick up like immediately though. You know, once you get into like 2005, 2006, because a big part of it, too, like with women... Like, women had always gotten ankle tattoos and stuff. But a lot of girls got tramp stamps, which I like. I, I, and that, there's no irony to that. People joke about tramp stamps and whale tail thongs. I like it. I, I legitimately like that stuff. Like, if a girl really wants to, like, air herself out and show herself off in that way, to me, that's a good way to do it. Um... But a lot of girls, like their first tattoo, like the, the Tramp Stamp was like a lot of girls' intro to tattoos. And, uh, you know, and then, and then, like, you know, people, more and more people started getting them. And then it really just took off. And it took off kind of around the time, too, that um, culture started to die. Like, once, like, pop culture started to die and the underground started to kind of die, you know, at least the old way of doing them, you saw just this sudden influx of people getting tattoos for one reason or another. Like, now, like, I, I've known so many women who have sleeves, chest tattoos, things that you would not have seen outside of, like, bikers and hardcore kids when I was growing up. But now, it's like, that's, like I've said before, like, tattoos are so acceptable now that, like, you can be watching an advertisement for, like, an employment uh, headhunter. Or, like, or, you know, just something. Like, it's like, oh, we offer corporate training. Like, there's corporate advertisements now that, like, show an office worker with, like, full sleeves. I almost think these days it's probably easier to get hired if you have tattoos. (laughs) But it's just something that's changed dramatically in a short amount of time. Like, did all of these people feel like tattoos were a necessary part of their identity that was repressed for all of those decades? Or did they catch some sort of bug or spell that said, like, you should do this. You should decorate yourself. You should make your, try to make yourself different. Maybe a little bit of both. But, uh, you know, I personally don't think that, like, the normalization of tattoos was the result of, like, tattoo repression. Even though there was very very obvious biases against tattoos, and and it was hammered into my head growing up that, like, oh, if you have any visible tattoos, you're never going to get a job, never going to get a job. You know, that, that was a big talking point. Everybody said it. Oh, if you don't have tattoos that you can cover up, you're never going to get a job. And now we see that's not true. Having pink hair and full sleeves. And you'll be an HR manager. You'll be a vice president. But there was a time where that bias did exist more. But, like, the normalization of tattoos, to me, didn't come from people going, Oh, yeah, you know, if I'd been born 20 years ago... I just would have suffered through the the stigmatizing times where I wasn't, where tattoos were unacceptable. But deep down, I, I know I always would have known that I wanted one. You know, because that's, that's sort of the argument that's made about you know this the gender stuff is just like oh, like the reason we're seeing an explosion of it now is because stigmatization and oppression for eons just hid it from view. And I'm always willing to buy a little bit of that. I'm always willing to take a little bit of stock in that, but a very small amount. Because we know that, I mean, just look at my tattoo example where I knew a kid who overnight went from wanting a custom-drawn prison tattoo quality Grim Reaper pointing POV style to just impulsively getting the sublime sun. Like, that's how quickly he turned on a dime when it came to his flesh, you know, a permanent mark on his flesh. Like, that's just crazy. And this is the same guy who, like I said, can't call him a guy. Can't call him a guy anymore, not supposed to. Um, Which is one of those strange things about all this, too, is that I have yet to speak with or talk to or meet this old friend in his current lifestyle. And so like my entire framework for thinking, my programming is the boy that I used to hang out with when I was 13. And even though I would have, like with a facelift, or like with a tattoo I don't like, I would have no intention of making that person feel bad, like, even if I, even if I question what they are, are, even feeling bad about, or why, you know, I would have no, I, no part of me would want to upset this person face to face, but at the same time, it's like my entire programming and experience with this person was somebody who was a completely normal very peer influenced, very susceptible to peer pressure. Like the few times he got in trouble, it was peer pressure. Like a lot of people are like, "Oh, peer pressure is overblown," and it is to some degree. But when you meet kids like this, not that he was, not that he didn't have individuality. You know, people like people like to divide kids and people and say, like, they're either an individual or a follower. Well, it's like, there's plenty of individuals who get caught up in a spell. Like, there are people who are just legitimately drones. But there's also a lot of people who do have their own individual identity. I mean, probably everybody. But there are some people who really do. They really do have their own qualities to offer. But they just, they still get sucked into the pressure. And that was this kid. Like, he, he was very funny, he could come up with his own original jokes. He was creative in his own way, not an artist, but just, he thought creatively. Like, the reason we were able to come up with these long, convoluted inside jokes is because, like, he was feeding into the fire, too. He's like, well, what if... You know, somebody would say something in class. Um, like, this kid we had a class with our senior year, the same class where he asked me for the tattoo. He was uh his his family was Polish like they actually came from Poland and we liked this guy. He was a, he was a heavy metal guitarist like he was obsessed with Megadeth, old school Metallica, Slayer. He just he was just into like thrash and speed metal. Nothing like obscure, just really a diehard fan of metal and guitar. Very talented guitarist. But uh there was one day where, like, a girl brought, brought in—here, I'm just, like, recounting, recounting my high school inside jokes from class. But uh, there was one day where, like, a girl brought in a, like, like, like pastries—or like, just, like, a pastry for herself. Like, she brought her breakfast in, and it was a pastry. And the Polish metal kid goes, ooh, is that a Danish? And just the way he said it, it was like, ooh, is that a Danish? It was so genuine, like he was so genuinely excited to see a Danish. And being the nightmare children that we were, my friend and I, the Sublime Sun tattoo guy, maybe he had it by this point too. He might have even had a Sublime Sun by this time. I think he did. Yeah, because he would have gotten it at the beginning of the year. So this kid already had a Sublime Sun tattoo. And so he and I just heard that, ooh, is that a Danish? And we just kept repeating it. Not even to, like, to make fun of the kid. We just thought it was really funny-sounding. Like, we really weren't trying to hurt his feelings, but of course you do that enough, and it feels personal. But it mutated, and, and like, he was, he, was, he was fine with it at first, because, like, it was one of those things where the Polish metal kid, like, he realized, like, that was a really you-know-what thing to say. Like, I was talking to Miles the other night, unrelated to this, and we were talking about, like, those stoned thoughts you have where you remember something you said and i when i bring that up i often think of something mean i said when i was like 10 or i'm like oh why did i say that to my neighbor when i was 10 but it's also like things you said that were i mean this is an example miles gave like he said like one time when he was young like like i don't know like teenager 20 early 20s he was with a couple guys that he knew through music and he uh he they they were gonna go get like uh tacos there was like some mexican restaurant or something they were gonna go get that they heard was good that kind of thing and like when they were about to leave like when they were talking about it like miles was like it's so fresh too and it's so fresh and he said like the other guys just looked at him and it's like that's like a kind of glib remark you know do you I'm, anytime I've said something like that I'm so embarrassed like that's what my mom used to say a lot that's what I said to Miles I was like my mom used to always say that about restaurants she'd be like it's so fresh too it, it, it's a very like feminine sort of statement I don't know why I don't know why that is but it is and that's that's kind of like like when you're hanging out with a bunch of dudes and these are like artsy dudes these weren't like jocks that he was hanging out with I know who one of them is and they're like artsy kind of guys And even then, though, like, one of the guys sang about the taco shop, and it's so fresh. Like, that is going to make you pause and go, what? What, dude? And, like with Miles, like, I have things like that that haunt me forever. In this case, we were tormenting another kid over him saying, ooh, is that a Danish? Looks fresh. You know, he didn't say fresh, but it's the same thought. And he knew that. Like, he knew. It was the exact same thing as, like, Miles realizing after he said it, that it was really, you know what, sounding. And this kid realized it too. And he was having a good time with us up to a point. But then we asked him, because he, he spoke uh, Polish fluently. And so we asked him how to say, I want Danish. I want a Danish in Polish. And he knew. He said, jak sem Danish. I don't know if I'm saying it right. But it was like, I want Danish. And so, like, you can tell, like, this kid and I, we would have fun, because, like, this kid goes from saying "Ooh, is that a Danish?" to us asking him how to say it in Polish, and so it turned into this chant where we're like Yaksem Danish, Jaksem Danish," and you could tell he was getting annoyed with it by then. Of course, as he should. But then uh, we we like it turned, I, and this was me, this was my doing, and we were so bored. It was like American government class. We were so bored. And then I came up with this whole backstory where, like, this person with a satchel in a medieval fantasy setting is entering, like, the Forbidden Forest, and there's this little goblin guarding the entrance to the forest, and as they pass by the goblin, he, like, looks at the satchel and says, ooh, is that a Danish? And it starts demanding the Danish and Polish, and it's so stupid, it's like such a ridiculous thing. But like that's where my mind goes. And my friend was dying at that point; like he was dying. Like I, I wouldn't be able to. Like it, it was definitely like as that idea was formed. I mean, it is like a you had to be there moment. Like as this as this stupid glib ooh is that a Danish thing like mutated into like a fantasy world where goblins are saying it to like journeymen entering the forest and like we were both dying of laughter like and he was feeding off it he was throwing other things in like he started he he, like did this thing like my friend like he was pretending to be the goblin and he goes like when he said ooh is that a Danish like he made his eyes get really big and bulge out and it was just the funniest thing, but... By then, the guy, the Polish kid, was like, Oh, no. Like, fuck you guys, you know? Took it too far. The point being, like, this kid, he could riff. But he, But the sad thing is he was just really susceptible to... Like, peer influence. And I don't know, he was an only child and stuff. You know, I don't know, people can read into that. People always say things about only children. I don't know what it's like, so... I can't say, but, uh... It was just, you know, always just really susceptible to that stuff. And so, like, finding out that he'd, he'd made more recent decisions, kind of out of the blue. Because he wasn't a kid that you, you, know, you ever thought there was anything weird going on. You know, he, he wasn't a kid where you ever thought, like, oh, this kid's going to, like, turn out to be something else. You could easily see this kid just, like, happily living his life. He was a really, and he was a really, like nice friendly kid too. He didn't he wasn't dark. Like that's that's why like the grim reaper tattoo thing was so weird cuz I'm like he doesn't even have like a moody depressive teenage side. Maybe privately, but like this kid he's just like pretty happy-go-lucky. You can go like play sports with him, you can go like to the movies with him and you're just gonna, you're going to find something to laugh at. Um but he definitely wasn't a kid where you ever thought like oh this kid's going to yeah. I'm curious what's what's going to become of this kid in ten years. You never would have thought there was anything. Never anything. His interests, like he seemed to be genuinely into masculine things, and not like over over the top. You know, it wasn't like he was in, into. Um, it wasn't like he was performative about it. Like he just he legitimately liked the same things his friends liked and he was athletic and we would watch action movies. But he was really sheltered. Like the thing about him that was really weird is is how sheltered he was compared to his friends. Like his family was wealthy, reasonably wealthy. They were educated, they were Democrats. First family I ever knew to be political actually. I didn't know the politics of any of my friends' families until I was older. And he's the kid who, like, I had first grade with him. I remember, I, I could write this kid's biography. I could. And I had first grade with him, and, like, they announced that Bill Clinton had won the election on the intercom at school, and we were, like, six or seven years old. And and he goes, yes! And I, got, I knew more than the average kid. Like, I knew who Bill Clinton was, barely. But, like, I didn't know what my parents thought of him. I didn't know like who he was at all, but like my friend was like clearly, clearly had been influenced by his parents to be very passionate about Bill Clinton. But, uh, anyway, <laughs> it's just, it's interesting to see someone's life. because like, like I didn't want to say it cause I was in front of my neighbor's house and, you know, people in my neighborhood, I don't know what they believe, but it's, it's, this kid never acted like he had any interest in being a woman. And he's not gay from my understanding. Like he's uh, he's married to a woman, so he's become a woman. But he's still married to a woman. You never once thought – this kid is kind of feminine. I never once thought he was feminine. He wasn't the, the most macho kid in the world. But there was nothing remotely feminine, even unintentionally. Like there was not even any like – there were no moments where like a sleepover – something would slip and you were like, Oh, that's kind of girly. He was just a goofy kid and he, he never seemed insecure about like his own self identity. While he wanted to like, he wanted the approval of his peers and would like get a sublime sun tattoo. It wasn't like the approval he was looking for came from like a lack of his own identity. It was just an insecure teenager. And so I don't, I don't know what to say. Like, I'm not him, you know, but I don't know what to say about, like, the, the direction. But I, I do know that he was working in tech in a very, very liberal city, in a very, very liberal industry. And I just wonder, like, I wonder wh- where he got introduced to this. And maybe it's a lifetime commitment. And, you know, I'm the asshole and this and that. But, I mean, these are the thoughts I have just like if somebody got a facelift like if somebody i know got a really drastic facelift i would be saying the same things like where did this come from where did this come from and behind closed doors i'd be saying the same thing too like look at that can you get a look at that can you get a, can you get a load of that that is crazy and so I see body mod, like, as analogous to this. Like, you know, if somebody gets, like, a tattoo over their whole face, like, you can't ignore it. And these are all things that you can't ignore when you see them. And you don't want to be insulting to anybody. There's no there's no joy in being insulting or going out of your way. Like, there's no joy in that. Like, even if you think you're righteous, well, they think they're righteous, too. And... What's righteous to me is not to try to prove that I'm righteous. I might want to talk about things. Fortunately, I have this weird little corner of the world to do it. But I'm not out to, to, be, to, to enforce my righteousness on anybody. And uh, I'm sure that that friend who I haven't spoken to in a very long time, would be very hurt by the way I'm saying all this. I, I don't think it's untruthful, though. You know, and that's what I kind of wonder about body mod. tattoos a little less so, but to some degree tattoos. But definitely with facelifts and uh, other things where, you know, is the truth going to damage you? Because it seems like what you're doing is damaging you. You know, it really does. That's that's how I see it. It seems like you're damaging yourself. Because, I, mean, I mean, this even applies, you know, I would even apply this same discussion to circumcision, which is body mod. Jewish body mod. Um, Christian body mod. Judeo-Christian body mod. There we go. That, that encompasses it all but you know my parent just to overshare a little bit here my parents didn't circumcise me and uh they didn't believe in it and it's weird how normal it is I don't care what what's going on with somebody else's dicky I don't care if someone else's dicky has a foreskin or it doesn't I wouldn't I don't care but I mean I think a similar argument applies to that and like People on the right wing, for example, like right wing Christians who are, you know, against like sexual reassignment surgery, I think they do have to reconcile that with circumcision where by what right do you have to cut a little boy, part of a little boy's penis off without his consent because it has some spiritual significance Like, by what right do you have to cut part of your son's natural? Because, I mean, a lot of these arguments are framed around what's natural. Oh, what's natural is not for somebody to be transgender. But then you can't turn around and say, like, well, it's totally natural to cut off the end of your little boy's dicky. And then in Judaism, to have an old man suck it. Because they do that. They suck the blood or whatever. There's some sort of, like, symbolic thing there but it doesn't change the fact that you just severed part of a little boy's dickie and now a man is putting his mouth on it doesn't change what's happening um not saying it's sexual just saying that's what they do unless i'm unless i was misinformed i don't know i, I don't really know i don't know about Ju- orthodox judaism that much but uh I think, I think people do have to reconcile that. Like if you're all for circumcision, but you're out there like really upset about transgender kids, I don't think they're the same thing in that like you can live a, a very normal life without your foreskin. From what I understand, I wouldn't know what that's like, but you can live a very normal life without a foreskin and nobody knows it might impact a little bit of what you feel down there, I guess. But it's not going to substantially change your life experience. I think it's crazy. You know, yeah, I read the Bible and take insight from it. When it talks about the necessity of circumcision, you know, it doesn't click with me. And... Uh, You hear stories about guys who marry a Jewish woman and convert and get circumcised as adults, which is wild, but that's an adult man, you know, they're doing it. But I think conservatives do need to reconcile some of these things, because I don't even think they think about it. I don't think a Christian conservative even thinks about the fact that they support and may likely even circumcise their child, but they're really upset about surgery being done to children. Um, I think they're both bad. truthfully, you know, letting a kid modify their body permanently via, you know, hormone blockers and whatever else they're willing to do at this point to kids, I think that's fucked up. Because like I said, I thought I had, I thought I really needed a tattoo. Like if you had asked me when I was 16, if I wanted, you know, how I felt about that tattoo I wanted, I would have told you like, I need this, I need it. But two years later and I turned 18 and I, didn't even consider it. It didn't even cross my mind. That's how crazy it is. I didn't turn 18 and go, oh, now I can get a tattoo. Do I want one? By that time, it wasn't even on my mind. Me talking about the friend who wanted a grim reaper and three days later just impulsively got the sublime sun. Like, that that's something that's going to permanently affect you. And so the concern is that a similar whimsy and lack of... A lack of clarification about yourself like you don't truly know yourself at that age you're prone to peer pressure you're prone to so many influences you want to assert your individuality in a time where that's harder and harder to do because everybody has tattoos your teacher probably has sleeves your fourth grade teacher probably has full sleeves and a mohawk at this point how do you assert your individuality what do you do Everybody's alternative. Everybody's like nerd chic. How do you even assert yourself? Oh, well, I'm going to change my body forever. It's like the friend being like, I'm going to get a sublime tattoo to show my peers that I really am committed to sublime. You know, that's kind of what it's like. Like, I'm going to change my gender and I'm going to take hormone blockers and get my boobs removed to show you that I'm really committed to this. And I think that's part of it. Maybe not every single kid who does it, which sounds like a disclaimer, but I do want to say that because what people are actually responding to here is the trend, is the frequency of it. It's not that it happens. We've always known that it happens. My entire life, I've been aware of drag queens and... uh, you know, cross-dressers, whatever terminology you would apply. I've always been aware of that, and it never bothered me whatsoever. I thought it was weird, because it is weird. It is weird. How could that not be weird? I'm weird as well in my own way. If you think that, like, weird... It's like what I was saying about vain an hour ago. Like, when I say something is an expression of vanity, that's not a condemnation, because I don't think vanity is the worst thing in the world. Because it's inevitable. You inevitably have certain vanities. And I think I can say that certain things are an expression of that vanity. And that doesn't make them horrible or sinful. That's just what they are. Same thing for weird. Like, I can call something weird and that's not a condemnation. I'm fucking weird. I'm weirder than they are. That's the truth. If you want to get into weirdness, I'm weirder than all of these gender benders combined. You know? I say that with no pride. Um... And, uh, but when you look at it, you go that what you say to yourself is, oh, that's kind of weird. And, uh, but you move on from it unless you're a freak, you move on from that pretty quickly. Oh, there's, there's a man who either believes he's a woman or enjoys dressing as a woman or whatever, you know, you see it, you go, oh, that's different. And you move on. That's at least how I've always functioned. What changes is the frequency and the politicization. Like imagine if people politicized tattoos in the same way. Like imagine like when tattoos were considered taboo still, if a political party was like, you know, if if you judge somebody for their tattoos – like, you are a hateful piece of shit. Like, it just kind of normalized itself. It got popular, and I think there should be questions about that, just like I'm saying there's questions about this stuff that's going on now. I think we should question, like, why people suddenly decided in America in the late 90s and through the mid-2000s, probably more so in the 2000s, that, like, the thing to do is no matter who you are, get sleeves, get tattoos. Oh, tattoos are so important now, you know? I think we should question that. Not that we should stop it from happening or do anything. Just be like, hey, isn't it kind of weird that everybody suddenly thought they needed a tattoo? Something they have to live with forever. Even with surgeries, they're hard to remove, you know? Plastic surgery, like, oh, isn't it weird that like people will have so much work done to their faces that like they become unrecognizable living uncanny valleys isn't that crazy and we kind of get that one because that one's like oh it's like the pressure to stay young and beautiful and whatever else like oh you know there's this this inherent pressure on women but men get it too and they're fucked up like i had a boss he was like he was my boss's boss so he he would he was like the regional head so he would only show up sometimes once in a blue moon But he was like a middle-aged man with like gray hair. He had had plastic surgery done to his face, and he had permanent eyeliner. He wasn't gay. He was very like he he would say shit like he sounded like he was like reading The Secret all the time or something. He was very like new agey, and he'd be like, "I don't make a schedule." He's like when I visit visit the regional offices, I just I wake up and I decide which one do I want to visit? And I choose the one that feels right. Like I probably talked that way too, but he had like permanent eyeliner. Sounds different when a guy has permanent eyeliner and had clearly had plastic surgery. Another one is like Patrick Duffy had gone to a store that my family ran. And I remember like he went there and like they were shocked that like his face was so cut up, and this was in the 90s. I don't even know anything about Patrick Duffy. I think this was my introduction to Patrick Duffy, but like they saw him in person. They were like, oh, he's fucked up looking. So it's like men do it as well, and it's kind of even weirder. Like that boss I was talking about, like he wasn't even a bad looking guy. Like he wasn't Brad Pitt, but he was like a middle-aged guy who had aged well. He was in shape. But for some reason, he got this work done and got this permanent eyeliner. And you'd be looking at him and you'd be so distracted. Like, it really did look like somebody drew over his eyes in pen or something. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, i to wrap this up. But uh, I don't know. I, I see body mod all kind of in the same boat. Like, I react to it the same way. I think like, oh, you felt the need to do that. It's just what people are responding to, why people, including me, talk about this gender stuff so much is that like it's the politicization of it. It's the hysteria of it. It's the frequency of it. And I think people would respond to any any kind of body mod if it was framed that way. Like if plastic surgery, cosmetic, you know, facelifts, if that had the kind of advocacy and political stranglehold that some of these other issues have, people would be reacting the same way. Like if little kids were like, deep down I feel like my nose should be smaller. Like the beautiful secret me has a smaller nose. And people were like, we need to listen to these children and get them, get their noses, get get them a, a rhinoplasty. I mean, somebody needs to get these kids a rhinoplasty because they don't feel comfortable in their noses. You know what? If you were to talk to children and say, hey, like some of you have big fucking honking noses. You don't have to. That big honking fucking nose you got, you can go get it cut cut off. You love anime. I know all you kids love animes now. You could have a nose like that. You can go in and get a rhinoplasty. And if your parents don't support it, well, they just want you to have that big, ugly, honking nose. They want, you, they want you to have a big old bulbous thing. They want you to look like a witch. Your parents want you to look like a witch. You can go in. Just, just tell your counselor. Tell your counselor you don't feel comfortable in your nose. Deep down, you feel like you have a little anime triangle. Whatever the fuck. How do you even describe those anime noses? It's a little triangle on your face. You know, imagine that. Like, imagine if that was politicized in the same way. Like, to me, it seems just as legitimate. Like, if a child is is ugly and knows it, why shouldn't they be able to become, to attempt to become beautiful? Because, like, the result usually isn't beauty. Like, when someone gets plastic surgery, the result isn't usually any more beautiful. It's like looking at a beautiful person's face through like a, through like heavy like pixelation or something. It's like a video game face. You can understand what they were going for. You can understand like why the surgery they chose was intended to simulate beauty, but it's not beautiful. And it's, it's what happened to the gender stuff as well, where. Very rarely do you see somebody who's had gender reassignment surgery and say, Oh, that looks, that looks great on an objective level. It's not about judging their decision. I'm simply saying that more often than not, you know, and this is, this is going to be mean to people, but more often than not, what you see is a very awkward, confusing and chaotic sight. They don't look like the thing they're trying to be some people do a little better than others but the vast majority don't look like the thing they're trying to be just like a facelift doesn't make you look like the thing you're trying to be either which is beautiful and you don't throw that at them you don't make them feel bad about that but you don't tell yourself you believe it either you don't pretend to believe that you can't lie to yourself about that we get tricked left and right but you don't lie to yourself about what you see and what you observe and how you feel about that. But just imagine if one of these other issues got politicized. Like we need children who aren't beautiful and want to feel beautiful should be allowed to have state-sponsored facelifts at 12 years old. Yeah, going, going through junior high being extremely unattractive sucks. But are you going to be able to stop that? Because all this stuff, it also circumvents natural processes. You know, like a lot of people experience darkness. Like even kids with the best of lives experience, can experience a lot of darkness. Baddy's barking it's like, Hey, Baddy. Batty, Hey, Batty, Come on. But, uh, you know, it's like, like a lot of kids, like I experienced my own little spells, even though I had a great life. I had my own angst. I'm glad, you know, for example, like I'm glad that I was, you know, I was fat in school. I'm, gl- I'm glad I was in many ways because it, it made me develop things in other areas. Because I guess I wasn't ready to just drop the weight. I do feel like it allowed me to focus on other areas. And I think that's what happens sometimes when you don't get exactly what you want out of yourself at a young age, is it allows you to figure something else out. What else can I do to escape this darkness and chaos that, you know, like life isn't doing what I want it to do and I don't feel comfortable, whatever the fuck people feel. You know, it's like sometimes like not being able to have a quick fix is what forces you to like work in another direction. And even if that quick fix ends up being available later and you take it, it's like still you explored the full range. You explored, you know, what, what's, what's really important to you, for one. It helps you figure it out. Like my mom not letting me get a tattoo. I realized tattoos aren't not only aren't important to me, I don't believe in them for me. And that was a good thing. Like not getting the quick fix I wanted in that situation was I want to feel like a badass. I want to feel like a badass. And guess what? I wouldn't have been a badass. You know, I wouldn't have been cool. I would have gotten sick of it. And I would have had to come up with some convoluted story about like oh, well, it represents this time in my life, and this tattoo represents this. And, you know, I would have gotten into that. And that's okay if, if that's your justification, why you have tattoos. But for me, like, I, I just wouldn't have wanted to have to deal with that. So I, th- I, I do think that is an analog. While the issue might be a little bit different, it involves similar things. And I think we, our natural reaction to all of these things, too, is, is very similar. We naturally react to all of this body mod that I'm talking about in similar ways. It just gets a different political framework. But in each case, it seems to be human beings who think that they need to do something to their bodies that's unnatural, that they're not born with. Yeah, you could say everything is natural. Everything we experience is natural. Cell phones are natural because they come from the Earth. True. I call them nature phones for that reason, as, as long-time listeners know but that said it's like what you're doing to your body is not what would happen to your body if you just left it alone if you just had a lifestyle like yeah if you lift heavy things you develop muscles body mod if you eat junk if you eat a lot of pizza and uh, chicken tenders you get fat body mod if you starve yourself that's body mod too but those are from your lifestyle like there's no lifestyle that you could live that causes you to get a tattoo I'm going to live this lifestyle for a while and a tattoo just starts appearing on my flesh. There's this lifestyle that I'm going to live and over time I grow boobs and my dicky falls off. There's no lifestyle that you can live that will, will allow that to happen. There's no lifestyle that you can live that causes your face to look like a plastic surgery disaster. Which I think is a, it's like a Dead Kennedys album, something black flag and dead kennedy's referenced in one episode here geez not even a star wars reference but uh and that doesn't count just so you know the rules of this show i've said many times over the years like got to get at least one star wars reference in a month just to stay with the times to stay with the people to be relevant you know but uh referencing the fact that i haven't made a star wars reference is not a star wars reference saying the word star wars doesn't count as one of my mandatory star wars references that i have to do a month i have to do once a month or i shrivel into a ball and you know what um anyway where the fuck was i um winding this show down trying to end the show Point being, like none of these lifestyles, there's no lifestyle that you can live that results in an, an organic tattoo appearing on your body. There's no lifestyle that you can live that results in your nose getting smaller or your cheekbones getting higher. There's no lifestyle that you can live that turns you into the opposite gender. There's other things you do, things that are lifestyle. Like if you live a certain way, your body will adapt accordingly. So that's what I mean by natural and unnatural. And with all of these things, though, it's like people justify them. They say their motivation is like deep down inside, I want this thing, which is soul shit. That's soul talk. Anytime you talk about like some. Innate desire to express yourself or make a decision, a life changing decision that isn't something that, that happens is just a matter of the life you live, the lifestyle, the need to survive, the need to be entertained and happy. But when, when you start getting into like, I need to do this thing that fundamentally changes me because deep down I feel like I need it in order to be me, or in order to feel the way that I want to feel. Anytime you get into that, I feel like people become very unreliable. Their motivations become very unreliable. Cuz like the, the sort of person who gets plastic surgery, do they really hate their own face? Do they really see ugliness? Or are they just worried that other people are seeing them age? Is this psychic? Are they is this psychic pressure from the outside? I think so. I think we kind of know that. I think we know that the reason women butcher their faces into old age, into these weird anime, Michael Jackson, Frankenstein cut-ups is because like they want to be perceived as beautiful. And it's sad that there's that much pressure. Maybe some of them just own it. Like Joan Rivers or somebody, she seemed to know. Like she seemed to be one of the few women who looks like that, who seemed to know what's up. She just wanted to look that way. She wanted to stay young. I mean, I think her motivation is probably the same as everybody, but she was funny. She was self-aware. She knew what she looked like, which I don't know if everybody does. But, uh, you know, I think a lot of it's external pressure as much as it is internal like my friend who just impulsively went from a grim reaper tattoo to a sublime sun in a span of a few days that sublime sun wasn't for him that sublime sun was for his peers to go oh dude you really like sublime you're hardcore oh dude is fucking sick dude you know that's that's what he wanted he was looking for his peers it was he felt pressure from the outside to do that People get their faces cut up for the same reasons. It's external pressure to appear beautiful. And I think this gender stuff is the same thing. I think in most cases, in most cases, the trend that we're seeing, let's just stick with that, the trend, that way we're we're safe, sort of. But the trend that we're seeing, I think it's again from external pressure, and the data supports that. The data supports the idea that kids are feeling this peer pressure to take this on. Because there are very few ways to assert yourself anymore. There are very few ways to carve out an identity. And like with tattoos, we're seeing where it's not even that unique anymore. It's kind of a dime a dozen. Like, you know, maybe it's not most people doing this. Of course it's not. But we're seeing where we're all kind of used to it now. Oh, there's another one. There's another and if it, if it is about, like, this external pressure to um, assert your uniqueness, you know, I think it calls everything into question. It calls all of the arguments that are made into question. And it's funny that all of this stuff, like, people use scientific arguments to justify it. But a lot of it comes down to what I said before, soul shit. A lot of it comes down to soul shit. Soul shit. A lot of it comes down to soul shit. But it does. It's, it's like, it's stuff that's immeasurable that comes from a, a, a feeling. I need this in order to be me. And the question is, what if you couldn't do that to be you? If you couldn't get a tattoo to prove who you are, would you suffer? If you couldn't cut up your face to look like an anime character at 70 years old, would you suffer? If you couldn't reassign your gender when you're a kid, would your youth be just an unbearable exercise in suffering? And if, if, if the answer is yes to any of these things, is the suffering truly being caused by the thing that you think is causing it? I think there's reason to question that.